Listener Production. Hello and welcome to All Day Breakfast. It is a Friday, um, but it is not a regular Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast Friday show um, because this show will require a trigger warning on it. Uh, We're going to be discussing mental health and touching on the topic of suicide. So if you're not in a position to deal with that one today, that is totally understandable. And um, look, feel free to jump on a different podcast. We would absolutely not blame you for that because it's not a podcast that we you know, particularly want to do. It's a podcast that you just hope you never have to do. Um, but it could be uh, the most important podcast that we ever do, Matt kind. Yeah, absolutely. And when we're touching on topics uh, such as the one you, ones you just mentioned, it's really important for you listening that if you do feel like you need support or help or want to talk to someone, one option is to call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Yeah. And we really didn't want to just leave you with that number today and wish you all the best. We wanted to let you know what happens when you call it. You know, uh, We've talked about um, mental health over the years and it is a great number to call and it's a great service. But also I've found it's, you know, it's a bit scary to do something like that. So we want to um, demystify giving Lifeline a call a little bit later on. We're going to be chatting to someone who works there to let us know exactly what happens when you call it because we do not want it to be a scary thing for anyone to uh, to reach out to someone when they feel like they need a little bit of a hand. So it's obviously been a difficult and confusing week um, for our show. Um, we thank you for all the support that you've sent us. Uh, in our um, in our messages, and we can't thank you enough for the love and support that you show that you show us. Um, not just this last week, but over the course of the last uh, year or so. We really want to let you know exactly what's been going on. Obviously, it's been a bit of a stilted week when it comes to the regularity of the podcasts, and um, we're very sorry that we couldn't let you in fully. It's obviously a lot of details to work out when something like this happens. But let's just go back, I guess, to earlier in the week, Matt O'Kine. Uh, something happened to me that would happen to, um, unfortunately, lots of people, which is you look down at your phone, you've had a missed call and you've got a text from someone saying, hey, quick, could you call, give us a call back when you get a chance? And you're like, okay, give us a uh, call back. And um, it was one of our colleagues here at Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast and they said, uh, gave us the news that unfortunately um, a really great person and a really valuable team member and a really cool friend had passed away. Not the news you expect um, in that instance. And so, yeah, it's a, been a pretty tough week here at the program. And we've got our wonderful producers, Bron and Marshy, with us. So we might say hi to you, you guys as well. Hi, guys. Yeah, has been a tough week, but we've all been supporting each other and that's been great. Yeah, plenty of hugs. Um, yeah, as someone we, we worked with here at All Day Breakfast, really lovely person and um, someone who, yeah, I didn't particularly know, had had mental health issues in the past, but um, was a, also a really brave person and had reached out to some people and, and asked for some help. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, in this instance, um, it wasn't enough. And yeah, we found ourselves in a situation where we've got to try and put on a daily podcast, but obviously something like this makes it very difficult to do because it feels very authentic for us to come and give you a normal show when uh, something like that's happening. Um, and also, I, you know, I, I knew this person for about a year, so not as close. And so you obviously uh, do not want to start, you know, talking about something and make it about yourself when there are plenty of people that are, uh, are really, really hurting and have lost someone uh, very, very close to them. So obviously 
before we go any further, absolutely pass on our best best to them. What about yourself, Matt O'Kine? Um, you you met our our mate a little bit earlier than I did. Yeah, I've actually known uh, this particular person for about ten years now, um, on and off, having previously worked together on uh, on something that they'd written, actually. Uh, and, uh, it was a job that we did together way back and they'd written it and it was a real pleasure to work with them and meet them back then. And to um, catch up with them again on this show was, a was, um, quite serendipitous really. And it's funny that I use that word because they used that word, um, in private conversations that we had off air outside of the office, um, regarding, uh, another different project that we discussed possibly working on together. Um, it's, it's really quite sad knowing what has happened and also not, not knowing, um, the extent of the struggle that existed, um, for this particular person. And, um, when, when things like this, you know, as soon as I heard, um, of this person passing away. I did feel a, an incredible sadness and it also compelled me immediately. I mean, I, you know, straight away I got on, I got on my group chat and, um, you know, with my friends cause we're all pretty similar and, uh, I just had to tell everyone how much I love them and how important all my friends are. Um, because, you know, there's, when you see something like this happen to someone that you know, you realize that it, it can happen to anyone. And I really wanted to make sure that those people that I love know that um, and know that, that, that I will do anything for them. And so that was a, that was a, a gut instinct just straight away. That's, that's how I felt. Yeah, I think it's, it's such a common thing and it, it sucks to the, the permanence of death that your initial reaction is just I want to help you I want to help straight away but um that's the thing and you the think what one could, thing what, you can't do yeah what what you, immediately you think because was there something I could have done was there something mm. I could have I wish that there was something I could have done a, a phone call a, a, a chat a conversation what what was was there anything you know um and it's it, you know it might feel like a selfish thing to think but that's just that's just the thing that goes through your head and then there's also the 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 finality of it, you know, the night that that we'd found out, just completely separated to that. I was in the shower with Sophia, thinking about, um, you know, it was one of those silly little connections where I thought, oh, it would be great to do this. I had an idea, you know, and I thought, oh, who could who could I have who could I do that with, and my sort of logic led me to this person. And then the fact that that, that realization that that person's not around anymore and will never be around was that's when, that's when the, the real kind of, you know, the reality hits mm. you. And I feel very deeply for, um, you know, the family and the, and, and people close to this person, really close mm. partners, etc. And, and you know, and this, and it always makes me think as well, just how sad it gets. I remember, you know, those sort of moments always remind me when when my mum died 
like so many years ago, I remember for years afterwards, every now and then I would have a dream where she was in the dream and you wake up feeling so, so sad, you know, so embarrassed or like, so you just feel so stupid for not realizing that this is actually a forever thing. Yeah. I've had a couple of those dreams. But anyways, I'm slightly, I'm slightly going off. off But, um, yeah, we're, uh, we're not, um, naming the person, our friend just yet, just because, you know, obviously it's still very new. We would hate for people to, to be this the first time they find out about, uh, about it. And so, yeah, we're just going to do that. We may in the future, um, we still may, may not, but, um, rest assured they're a very, very nice person. And, um, those closest to them have asked you listening, you know, they've, they've given our blessing to, to have a discussion about this. And we asked, obviously, is there anything that would, that would be great to, to include in, um, a charity that they were very passionate about and, and think something good that could come through it is um, one called The Man Cave, which is um, an organisation that has impacted about 17,000 boys, parents, teachers across Australia with programs that allow young men to in- explore and express their full humanity, um, have healthy relationships, contributing to the community, reaching their full potential and, um, yeah, just seeing the value that they have as people. Um, so if you feel like looking up the man cave, throwing some money towards that, that would be a great thing. Listener who helps us put this podcast together. You may have been listening to us on, on the app. Um, they're really, you know, affected by this as well and are making a, a donation of a thousand dollars to the man cave, which is, um, a really, really great gesture. Um, but yeah, having open and honest conversations about it amongst your friends as well is, um, a really great place to start. And so, um, we might say hi to the team in the room again. How are we all going, team? It's okay, Brian. Brian, Brian not, not up for a, for talking it's yet. It's okay. What it's about yourself, Marshy? Um, because you did mention that you might like to have a little discussion with us here on the podcast because, it, it, you know, mental health is something close to your heart. Yes. I've suffered from mental illness over the years um, and have received a lot of great support from friends and colleagues. Um, I think, you know, if anything heartening is to come out of this week, it is the way this organization has pulled together, um, and all supported each other and the check-ins and the, the outpouring of love, um, that we've seen from our friends and colleagues around the building. Um, and even just the willingness for senior management to show emotion, um, this person touched a lot of people in this organization and was a very positive influence on it. Um, so there's not many areas of such a large company that are not untouched by them, but it's been heartening to see everyone come together and support each other through what's been a very hard week. And even to start to prompt some of those conversations that are so important. Um, so easy to assume that the people, not even closest to you, that, you know, the people who you work with or see every now and again, or you used to be friends and you don't keep in touch, it's so easy to assume that they know how you feel about them and how big an impact they have in your life, even through potentially fleeting contact or small catch-ups or a couple of jokes. And yeah, you're right, in, in a large organization, 
it sucks that it, it takes something like this to, to just hit home how, um, how important life is and how valuable it is and, and how help is there. Um, should you, should you be able to ask for it? And those conversations are important, but they're not easy. Mm. And a conversation that I had with a, a friend earlier this week that came out of this was she was talking about another friend who had sat her down and told her, this is how I need you to deal with me when I'm having a dark time. And I thought that was really interesting and really a great conversation to have and something I've done in my own way, not that specific, but to go, for me, in the dark times is not the time I want the conversation. And for me, it's cyclical. And I know I'm going to come out the other side of it. And that's the good time to have the conversation about it. But for everyone, it's different. And to have that conversation when you are in a lighter space to go, this is how you can support me. This is what I need from you. Because people that maybe don't have a huge experience of their own of mental illness sometimes are just at a loss to understand or how they can help or what they can do in that moment. And so to have that conversation when you're not in the dark moments is really advantageous and important, I think. Mm. to sit down with your friends and go, this is what I need from you in those times to help. And it may be not, to, in my case, it's it's not talking about it. It's just being there and knowing that I'm going to come out the other side of it. And for me, you know, members of our team, such as Sam, is always, you know, his first offer was always, you don't have to come to work. And my response has always been, work's the only thing keeping me going. Mm. Like I need work. But, I know that I'm not the greatest fun person to be around at those times at work. So my understanding from you is to just muddle through with me for those weeks where I may not be the most responsive or the most great person to be around at work, but my history has told me that I'll come out the other side of it and then we Mm -hmm. can deal with it then. Yeah. And as you say, Marshy, um, everyone is different and, um, with conversations, you could respond better to, to one angle or to the other. And there are many different avenues that people, something might help where for another person, it doesn't help at all. Could make it worse and vice versa. Um, so perhaps the thing is there is the time to have those conversations rather than waiting for it to get bad, I guess. Mm. Yeah. And um, there are just, there are so many options. There are, there are plenty and there are so many people who who are there. And you don't have to know them. Yeah. You know, you don't, if you, I mean, and we'll, we'll chat to someone from Lifeline mm. really, really soon, but you don't have to know the person that you want to have the, com- you have to have a conversation with them. Someone Absolutely. from work wrote me a letter once. Oh yeah. And I mean, it helped in that time, but the, I found it recently and that was really helpful when I was maybe on the precipice of, diving back into some dark times. So it's little things like that sometimes that can make a difference. Just all the letter said was, we love you, we support you. We know that what's going on in your head at the moment is not the true you. And 
so thinking about those sort of little things mm. that can maybe touch someone when you don't know what they're going through. Absolutely. I guess mental, you know, mental illness doesn't discriminate either. Um, the last time I got a call like this, I was sitting next to you at, um, at Triple J, Alex Dyson, and, and I got a call about a friend who had passed away who by all accounts seemingly had it all. You know, and it's and it's so easy to forget that everyone is capable of struggling and feeling the struggle and um, not knowing what to do or where to turn in those moments. Um, so always look out for the people around you as much as you can. Absolutely. And um, I guess just to you listening, um, we don't know <laughs> what you're going through. Um, we don't know what's going on in your life or what you're looking forward to in the future or, you know, whether you're in a dark moment or your things are going great at the moment. But we would say to you, do not underestimate um, yourselves. And we know that you have so much love to give. We've seen it in our inbox. We've seen it at music festivals. Um, and we appreciate that so much. And we're just two dudes that do a podcast. I got a message at one time last year um, from someone who said, Oh, my sister used to listen to you on Triple J. She's passed away. Um, would you mind writing something f that we can read out at the funeral? And that's such a um, difficult thing f for the family who knew them really well. And I know that because it was difficult for me and it's just a random message for someone who I had interacted with with only, um, in passing, you know, on online and don't underestimate how, how much those little messages to a stranger who's, who you in dance, you enjoy or random joke you enjoy or piece of audio wizardry you enjoy or who made you smile one day, um, yeah, you've got so much love to give and you have so much value and we thank you so much for, for tuning into this podcast and anything else. And yeah, we want to, we want to help you in any, any way we can. And one of those ways is up next, we're going to be chatting to someone from Lifeline who is going to demystify a little bit of when you call the 131114 number what actually happens? When should you do it, Matt O'Kine? These are, these are all really good questions and ones that we can um, dip into in a moment. But uh, just before we do, another shout out to the Man Cave if you would like to um, make a donation to that. They're more than willing and able to use that to help with their incredible work in the realm of men's mental health. And to everyone in the room, as well as those listening right now, I love you very much. Thank you for your love and support this week, guys. You too, man. Everyone. Thanks, everyone. Couldn't have done this week without you guys and to you listening. So thank you for supporting us.
Matt, there are some really great organisations that you can get in touch with uh, if you aren't feeling the best when it comes to your mental health, one of which we've mentioned the phone number over many years of broadcasting. It is Lifeline, 13 11 14, you can get in touch. But unfortunately, when we give out that number a lot of the time, that's sort of where it ends. We don't know uh, what happens when you call. We're not as experienced as to who's on the other end. It can be scary. Sometimes you don't even know whether what you're feeling is serious enough to call that number. So we thought that we'd break down a few of those unknowns for you right now by chatting to someone from Lifeline. Uh, she's the head of crisis services and quality. Uh, her name is Rachel Bowes and she's joining us right now. Hello, Rachel. Hi, Alex. Hi, Rachel. Hi, Matt. I guess the first question we'd want to ask is uh, the Lifeline number 13 11 14. When should someone call that number? People should call that number anytime. Like literally there is there are no boundaries around when someone can call lifeline like we define it as for someone who's in crisis for someone who just doesn't know where to turn and for lots of people it doesn't need to be at the absolute worst moment it just needs to be at a point where they're struggling to deal with something on their own they might not feel comfortable to talk to someone that they know or they may not actually think there's anyone in their lives that that they want to um to have that conversation with and so they reach out to us and I think it's really important for people not to think that they have to be desperate to call Lifeline and to not think that they have to be at the point where they're thinking about suicide to to justify a call to us. Like we we don't want you to wait. We want you to to call early because we know that the sooner people reach out for help, the the more likely it is to be effective. So don't wait until you think things are desperate. And definitely, if if you think that you need to call us you're the best indicator of that. So call us like we have no judgments about that. If it's, if it's something that has triggered the need in you to want to speak to us, then that's enough for us to have a conversation. You saying that reminds me of when uh, my partner was pregnant and you would, you would sometimes go, Oh, is it worth going? Do we, should we be going to the hospital over this? Oh, it's, it's probably fine. It's probably fine. And they always just say, just go. No one ever minds if it's, if it is a, you know, if, if it's, if nothing bad has happened, you know, you've wasted no one's time. So it's really great to hear that. Mm. It's absolutely the same, the same principle. For sure. And once you do ring the number, who, who are you talking to usually? Um, who, who picks up and um, who do you get to have a conversation with and how have they been equipped and able to, uh, to help in all these scenarios that many people can be facing? Anyone can be a lifeline um, crisis supporter. That's what we call the people who answer our phones. And I think that is genuinely one of the best and, and most genuine things about Lifeline is that it is not a program staffed by people who are paid. They're not professional, um, you know, mental health experts. They are lay people, their peers of, of, of you and I who have volunteered their time and their commitment to give something back to their community and who have committed to a fairly rigorous training program that we've put them through. So, so one of the things that, um, that my teams are responsible for is for building that skill set and delivering the training to crisis supporters. And basically we look for people who are compassionate and non-judgmental and who are good listeners. So we're not looking for people who are good at giving advice. We People generally don't actually call us for advice. They call us because they want someone to listen. So we look for people who are good listeners and understand why listening is important. And we 
build them some skills around being a really good active listener, being comfortable with asking someone about suicide and being able to deal with whatever response to that Mm -hmm. they get. Um, and, And they're generally just unflappable, actually. I think that's one of the really good things when you call Lifeline, like, People will not be shocked about whatever you say. You know, we all mm. think that story is is the worst, and for us, of course, it is. But for the person who answers the phone, I pretty much guarantee they will have heard something that is as difficult or as as traumatic. It's um, so they are used to, to to listening to people in distress, and they don't they don't freak out. They just sit and they hear whatever comes. And I guess that's, that would be a really good feeling to know you're not alone. One, you have someone to talk to, to be able to tell them what's going on in your life and also hear that it's not an isolated incident. You're not different. You're not abnormal. These are things that a lot of people experience and uh, have. there's been some really good outcomes for people who take that first step and are able to find something that hopefully works for them moving forward. Um, and I find it, it's interesting talking to people who because, you know, people might have friends that they're reluctant to reach out to or they may just feel that they don't have anyone they can reach out to. But it's interesting that talking to a quote-unquote stranger can be a little bit, you can be a bit freer potentially with with what you say. Is is there is that a benefit for calling someone in life when they've got no judgments, they've got no preconceived, you don't have to see them at work later, you don't have to bump into them at Christmas another time? Is that something you find people are uh, in appreciate when um when calling up lifeline yeah absolutely it's the anonymity is one of the the things that people say they value most about our service so you don't even need to tell us your name when you call us like there's no information and i think for most people it's actually really liberating to be able to speak to someone that you don't know and plus because we have that added layer of anonymity because you can't even see the person like you can't Mm. even see that person's face so you really don't feel like you're giving away much of yourself at all by by the way you look the fact that you don't know someone so it's actually really freeing and most people who call us say that being able to genuinely talk about whatever is on their mind without worrying about upsetting that person or hurting them or scaring them is a really powerful thing to do actually because most of us don't want to upset the people in our lives or we're scared about telling someone that we love that we're mm. thinking about suicide. Children are really scared of telling their parents things that are difficult because they don't want to scare their parents. So actually being able to go somewhere and talk to someone with freedom, with anonymity is a really, like for me, I think it, that's one of the most powerful things we give to people at Lifeline is the ability to do that. Absolutely, because uh, people could be under a myth that they would be a burden by um, by vocalising these sort of things and hearing that the the people at Lifeline are volunteers, they enjoy talking to people, they, you know, they want to help as many people as they possibly can. That's such a positive thing and such a good reason to, to call at any stage, uh, 13, 11, 14. So, Rachel, when you do call um, and the person on the other end picks up, you mentioned you don't need to give a name, you don't necessarily give any details. Where does the conversation start? What is the person picking up the phone likely to say first? Well, one of the things that I think puts people off ringing us is that sometimes people think they don't know where to start or they don't know what to say first. And so our crisis supporters are really used to answering the phone and saying, hello, this is Lifeline. And the person will say, I don't know why I've called or I don't know what to say. 
Um, so they're really used to that happening. And actually, they're very good at just gentle questioning. And they'll say something like, well, you know, what was happening just before that prompted you to call? Like, what's happened today that's triggered this feeling or what's different about today? So it's just always a gentle start at wherever that person wants to be. And generally, once you start to get into that conversation, people talk quite freely. It can feel very overwhelming if you think that you've got so many difficult things happening. You don't really know where to start. So our crisis spotters are really good at, at starting you off slowly and helping you tell your story in a way that is at the right speed and the right kind of cadence for you. Absolutely. Is there a limit to the amount of times you can call? Well, it's Lifeline was always designed as a one-off service, but actually <laughs> so many people call us very, very frequently. We have some people who call us many times each week. We have you know, hundreds of thousands of people who call us just once um, and everywhere in between. So no, there's no limit. Um, we treat every call as a unique interaction and we don't we don't say, oh, oh, we spoke to you yesterday. We mm-hmm. just treat it as a new call. And what's the outcome when you hang up the phone? You know, uh, you say that that uh, some people, a lot of people just call once and once off. Do the people who have taken your call point you in a direction from there on? Is there any sense of guidance that they give you? Uh, yeah, so some, some people who call Lifeline might be looking for advice or they might be looking for a referral to another service or something might come out in that conversation where we as the Lifeline crisis supporter might suggest that you reach out to another service that might be more um, suited to your needs or your particular issue at the time. But some people are not are not always looking to go somewhere else. So we do check. And if some, you know, if people want a referral or they want to go on somewhere else, then you know, we have a great referral database that we use to point people in the right direction. But it really is. Um, guided by the person who's called what they're looking for. If they want something else, we help them navigate how to get there. For sure. As far as, you know, the confidentiality and what happens afterwards, once the phone is hung up, do the people in the call, do they call other people? Do they, you know, take these steps and send people to your house or do they, what sort of um, thing? Because I could imagine people might be worried. It's like, I don't want to cause a fuss. I don't want people to, you know you know, follow this up. I was here to chat, you know, what kind of um, things that happen in that area? The only time that we ever take any action after a phone call is if we have spoken to someone and we think that they are at immediate risk to taking their life. And that will be if they have, have just told us that either they have an immediate plan right now to do something or something in the very near future and that they've taken some actual steps towards enacting that plan. So most of the conversations we have with people around suicide where they might be thinking about it or there might be early stages of planning or it might be something that they, you know, they're not going to do today, but they've not ruled Mm. it out for the future. Those conversations, we don't do anything with those. Obviously, we, we talk to people and we help them think about where to get help and support, but we would never send the emergency services round in those situations. But if someone tells us that they have been thinking about suicide today, right now, that they have a plan, that, they're, that they think that they might act on that plan today, then we will send the emergency services. And we'll always tell them that we're doing that, we're, that, that, we're doing that. so, um, you know, we don't, we don't deceive people. If we think that they need immediate help, then we would 
encourage them to get that for themselves or we will get that on their behalf. Absolutely. From your point of view, Rachel, what are some steps that we can take, that we can all take um, to, I guess, take away the need to call the number in the first place? I think be be available for people. Let them know that um, you've noticed that they might be struggling or that something is different about them. Say, you know, Alex, Matt, I've noticed that you haven't really been yourself recently. You seem a bit down. You seem a bit distracted. I'm here anytime you want to talk. If you do get into a conversation, try and be comfortable with the idea of asking people about suicide because most people are very scared about, about doing that in an informal setting to ask someone about suicide because you might think that you'll put an idea in their mind that hasn't been there already or you'll introduce something as an option that wasn't previously. If someone is not thinking about suicide, you're never going to lead them down that track. But actually to say to them, have you have you had any thoughts about taking your life or do you ever think about suicide? It's a really freeing thing because you're, you're opening up that as a conversation and you're enabling them to say, actually, I have and I'm really scared. I don't know what to do about it. And they might have never said that to someone else before. So um, look out for people who are struggling. Let them know that you've noticed. Let them know that you're available to be a support person for them and try and get comfortable with the idea of asking people about suicide. Yeah, that's really interesting, Rachel. I hadn't even considered that. So thank you so much for telling us about that. Um, We better let you go. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us on All Day Breakfast. Just finally, I did want to ask, what are some of the the best outcomes and the best stories you've heard during your time uh, working at Lifeline Australia? Oh, we, we hear them all the time, people who call us and email us to tell us that they made contact with us at probably their darkest moment and they got the help and support they needed right at that time to to make a difference. People tell us we saved their lives. We have, um, you know, saved the lives of someone that they know. We have allowed them to say something out loud that they have never told anyone in 20 years. I mean, it's, it's so powerful what can happen in that small moment of connection. It's astonishing. And we hear those stories every day. It's amazing. Absolutely. Well, people realising they're not alone, they have value and there are people that, that care about them. That's, that's so incredible to, to hear, Rachel. Thank you so much for joining us on Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast and thank you for everything in you and uh, all the people at Lifeline and all of the services that are looking out for our mental health every day. Um, thank you for everything that you do for us. So we really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much to Rachel Bowes for talking to us about uh, that incredible service that we do have here in Australia, Lifeline 13 11 14, um, one of many mental health institutions which are helping Australians get through things that a lot of people have to deal with, and that is mental health issues. Um, they can be big, they can be small, but there's always an option for you. Um, if you're not feeling Lifeline, you do have the Man Cave, which we did mention earlier on. Please jump on their website, find out more about them, donate if you can. You've got Beyond Blue, the Black Dog Institute. Um, There's so many uh, different ways because I do feel that stigma about talking about it, talking about it early, not suffering alone, is beginning to turn Madokine and it's it's really great to to see. Themancave.life is where you can find the website for The Man Cave and thank you as well for listening and supporting us throughout the week. 
Um, and thank you to Marshi and Bron for supporting myself and Alex throughout the week and our producer Sam and everyone at Listener for looking out for one another, which in watch has been a really difficult time. Uh, we will be back on Monday um, mm. and we will be back with a show that will probably feel and sound um, a little bit more like the regular Matt and Alex that you know. Uh, but once again, we can't thank you enough for having stuck by us through this week. So much love coming in. We always feel that there's so many really, really nice, beautiful people out there and we can't thank you enough for listening in. Um, feel free to send us a message. Or even better, just send your friends a message and check in with them and make sure they're doing okay and uh, give, give everyone in that contact list uh, a f- whole lot of love this week and an extra cuddle. Our inbox is always open at matt.n.alex. Sometimes it's for really ridiculous things. If you drink bocconcini juice... Yeah, do you drink pickle juice or or cheese juice? Um, and other times it's for really important topics um, that have touched you. So please, please never hesitate to get in touch with us uh, about anything that you connect with. And other than that, thanks again, and we'll see you on Monday. Bye.